0: Thanks for listening to the Community Bible Church Sermon Podcast. Pastor Dan Strutz here. Our desire is to connect people with Christ and community. For more info or to contact us, please visit cbcmountainlake.com. Well, uh, how has 2017 been this year? Good? coming to a close fast, so if there was anything you wanted to get on your to-do list before the end of 2017, uh, you got about 12 hours, so you better uh, get on that as soon as you can. Uh, This morning we are gathered in worshiping, and uh, we are going to look on this last day of the year on a Sunday morning, uh, a worship day, uh, at kind of remembering. I want to take that idea out of What we're thinking about as we close out the year today, uh, in the idea of looking back and remembering and transitioning into a new calendar year. And I want to do that by looking at the book of Joshua. I want to go to Joshua 4. So you can start turning there in your Bibles if you want. The uh, page number in the Pew Bibles, if you're grabbing that one, is page 155. So page 155, Joshua 4. I'll read that in just a moment. Uh, this morning, as we're closing up, I don't know if you're like me, but you probably have seen, um, as I have, uh, quite a few places on, online or on the news. You might even hear it on the, song, the radios today that there's going to be things like the, the top ten songs of 2017 or the, or, or the, uh, the, the top news events of this calendar year. Or whatever you might have as kind of a a look back at this year. And there's this idea of remembering and reminding ourselves uh, of what has happened in this year. It's kind of a cultural thing. You know, and years down the road, there may be TV shows like I know some stations had a while ago where they look back and say, what was from 2017? And they look back and they show some of the things That happened and occurred and we remember and and years down the road we'll be like, yeah, I remember when that happened. 2017. Thinking of it in terms of cultural and and, and the news and and there's been a lot that have gone on that we could go on and on about those things. But this morning I want us to maybe take an account of 2017 and think on what were some of the things from my life, from, from my family's life, from our church life, that were there this year? What were some of the snapshots? How would you speak of your year this past year? Some of you may be, this may be natural for you. You've already started to think back and reminisce what was held in January, February, March, April, through the rest of the year. Some of you haven't. You haven't really thought about it. And I I want to at least give us that opportunity to think, what were some of the great moments, the highlights, the, the special things of this year for you? What were some of the difficult things this year? Are you thinking of some? As you start to think on those and you start to uh, remember backwards into this calendar year and even back into our life so far, what God has brought us through, I want us to be directed towards the scriptures where God commissions the people to remember. For them to be reminded of what's been in the past. To set for themselves stones of remembering. And that's our title this morning, Remembering Stones. A testimony to a great God. So we'll look to Joshua 4. But before that, let me pray and thank God for His Word, and then we'll read from the Scriptures. God, we thank you that you are a God that reveals yourself, that speaks into this world. As we're going to see here in this passage, you spoke to your servant Joshua to speak to the people you've spoken to other leaders and people throughout your word and, and thankfully those stories have been written down for us to be remembered or for us to remember and for us to think on we believe that this book that we're reading from is living and active it's not just old stories but it's something for us to take note of and to use to interpret our lives today Help us as we cross over from 2017 and 2018, and and more just in our lives as a whole, that we can use this book to remind ourselves of who you are, truths about you. Spirit, may you be speaking here through me. May these words be of you. May we, as we hear, may we be attentive to what you would have for us in this message in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Joshua 4, starting at verse 1. When all the nations had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests' feet stood firmly, And bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed and a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each one of you a stone upon your shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. For the priest bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priest passed over before the people, and the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over armed with people, people of Israel as Moses had told them. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him just as they stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests come up out of the Jordan. And when the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord... Came up from the midst of Jordan, and the souls of the priests were lifted up on dry ground. The waters of the Jordan returned to the place that and overflowed all its banks as before. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And these twelve those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall tell the children, you shall let your children know Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord God dried up the waters of Jordan for you until you passed over. And the Lord your God did as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. That you may fear the Lord your God forever. The story from Joshua of them passing over the Jordan River. They're on the east bank and they're crossing over to the west side of the Jordan. And here this miraculous story is told of what God did in in the midst of the people. This story is is an important one as they're transitioning, uh, kind of like us in a way, transitioning from one time or place to another. They're transitioning from a time when they were in the wilderness wandering and they're transitioning over into the promised land, finally, after years and years of wandering. It's important for us to reflect back on and all the some of the background that that comes with this. We'll remember that God's people were in Egypt, they were enslaved, they were in bondage, and God brought them out. God brought them through the Red Sea. We remember that story. I sometimes forget that there's the second water crossing, the second miraculous act. This kind of repeat story of them crossing over and God really being with them. They crossed over the Red Sea the first time in the first part in the first story. They come through the desert, they get God's law in the the desert from at Mount Sinai, and then they travel over towards the promised land, and they're almost there, we remember, in the book of Numbers. And they're 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 almost there. And and, and then they choose to send in spies, Joshua being one of them, and and they say, No, we can't do it, we can't go in. And God kind of rebukes them or, or challenges them, says, you're unfaithful, and then they get turned around and they're sent off into the wilderness for a really long time, 40 years. Until the next generation can grow up and the old generation is gone. And then now after the new generation, the new group of people is there, uh, ready to go into the promised land, God brings them to this river, this place where they need to cross over, where they need to see God's hand. We're reminded also that Moses is no longer around. Joshua is the leader. This is the the front edge. This is kind of the the beginning of his leadership. And this is really going to cement him as the leader of God's people. As they're about to go into the promised land and and conquer a lot of the enemies that reside there. As they conquer the places like Jericho. Here we see them crossing over. Finally taking the promise of God. the, The land that God had promised them since the days of abraham way way long ago and so this story is one about remembering they they want to remember this event god wants them to remember what has gone on here the story as we read it if we're good bible readers we'll read right in the story this really interesting verse one it says when all the nations finished passing over the jordan Now that's perplexing because it's saying that they've all passed over. That that they've already passed over, but yet that's what the story's about. And it starts off with that. Which which kind of should make us seem like that seems out of order. Usually it should say that verse towards the end, right? I think what is going on here in chapter 4 is that this isn't necessarily a chronological passage where it's going in order of all the events, right, like you would expect them to be. But that word in the beginning should, should connect us with the something that's going on here, which is that the idea is this is about them passing over. And the front end and the back end of the passage is going to speak towards something, and the emphasis is going to be in the middle of the passage. On the outsides of the passage, the top and the bottom is where he talks about the remembering. He talks about using what's happening in the middle of the passage to remind your children of those things says them almost verbatim in the top and the bottom. So this morning as we look at this, we need to kind of think not just in a, in a chronological order, but what is the emphasis? What is the, the idea behind this remembering? It's much more than just setting up stones. There's something really at the heart of this. The first thing that I want to point to us is, is that God commands the people to remember and that's the first thing that we see in the beginning and the end. He wants them to remember. He wants them to tell their children about what he has done. Look with me at verse 2. or Look at um, part, the back half of verse 1. He says, "...the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe of men, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of Jordan." From the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly. And bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Now if we just stop there, it just seems odd. Why would you take stones? And what's the the particular idea of taking stones and kind of carrying with them? And that sounds like added burden as you're trying to cross a river. Why would you do that? But culturally and in this time, these picking up stones and setting them up was a a cultural idea of honoring God and looking towards God and and remembering what God had done, and that's what God is commanding them to do here. Joshua is told by God, make sure you do this. Command the people to do this for the purpose of remembering me. It's ultimately important for us to remember that remembering As we think back on this year, as we think back on our lives, remembering back on those things isn't just something that we should maybe kind of do. But here for Israel, and I would say for us, looking back on life and looking back on what God has done is a command. It's something that has said, you need to do this in your walk. You need to reflect back and think on what has happened in your life and how God has worked. It's not an option. It's something that we should take Seriously, as the people of God did and did as they took these stones to set up so that the future generations could know what God had done. He says that these stones are to be set up for their children, for the future generations. But what's more is it's said that for the people, for you, Israel, it's so you can remember. And, and at the end, by the time we get down to verse 24, it's so all the world can know. These stones, these remembrances, these reflecting backs will bring people, God's people, as well as the world, into knowing who our God is. He tells them to pick up stones, 12 of them representing all the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. It, it speaks of a unified Israel, unified people. This is different than the first time they tried to go into the Promised Land, and they were kind of divided. No, here they're unified, they're together, they're celebrating, and they want to remember together what God is doing. The purpose of remembering, as I've said, is for Israel. It's for God's people for us as it was for them it's for israel's sake so that when they see these stones they can remember what god was done what god did because what is the reality of god's people throughout the old testament what's the reality for us oftentimes we what we forget we forget what god has done we drift and, and don't remember what god's done in our lives and and how he's worked and and so these stones when we look back at them when we look back at at those things we're supposed to remember in terms of god was with me so we don't stumble and fall away don't forget what god has done these stones of remembering that god has commanded us to have looking back at, at and remembering where god has worked it's also good for the times ahead what's really interesting about this story is if you flip a couple pages over to chapter six What's staring up in the, on the horizon ahead of these people? It's Jericho. Not only are they supposed to remember and look, set up stones, but those stones they can look back on and remember for that when they go to Jericho they can remember this is the God that, that, that just separated and let us cross the, the river. He's with us now as we go and conquer these mighty enemies like Jericho and Ai and all these other places that are ahead. Our God who did separated the waters and stopped the waters is going to be with us. As we think back on this year, as we think back on our lives, where are the places that God has worked? Where are the places where you think God or you would say, "God was with me in the highs and the lows? Where was God in the events of your last year? For some of you, you look back and say, God got me through this. Thank the Lord for that. For some of us, we look forward and we already know that there's a Jericho or there's something ahead of us in 2018 that is facing us. And that's why I'm encouraging us to remember what was behind, to set up our memories, our stones of remembering, thinking ahead, so that we can face those knowing that God is going to be with me. He's going to get me through. It might not go how I want it to, but God is going to bring me through. So, God has commanded us to remember. We we need to remember, and God wants us to grab hold of these things and to take seriously remembering. We might not have to do it with actual stones, but I would encourage you to think about remembering. But as I said, this passage starts with remembering, telling other generations about remembering. It ends with telling other generations about remembering. But what's really important is what happens in the middle. What happens in the between, the emphasis on when they are actually going through the water, what's going on there. Three things that I want us to think about this morning as far as remembering's sake. Because we shouldn't just remember just willy-nilly. We shouldn't just remember and say, oh, that was good, remember when God was there. But we need to remember correctly some key things about remembering. Three things. One is remembering's foundation. The second is remembering's hero. And the third is remembering's purpose. It's foundation, the hero, and the purpose. Look with me at verse 8 through 10. There we look at the foundation, which is the promised work of God. Remembering's foundation is the promised work of God. Verses 8 through 10, it says this. The people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them out with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place in the place where the feet of the priests, this is key, where the priests were bearing the Ark of the Covenant they had stood and they are there to this day for the priests were bearing the ark that stood in the midst of the jordan until everything was finished that the lord commanded joshua to tell the people according to all that moses had commanded joshua so we got this story the people are crossing over this river they're told to bring stones out and remember this moment, but what's re- what they need to remember about this moment is, is that this water suddenly stopped the minute that the Ark of the Covenant came into the water. And what we're led to understand in this, in this text is that the covenant, the Ark, stayed there in the midst while the people passed it by and got over to dry land. The Ark of the Covenant, we've talked about this before, it's that box, that elegant golden box that they had made and it represented god's presence with them it was god's footstool where, where when it was set up that's where god encamped amongst the people this celebrated and and commemorated and reminded the people of god's presence with them it, it reminded them of much more of this promise to them it was called the ark of the covenant covenant and promise those kind of ideas are connected it, it was combined Reminded that God was with them and he would be with them until he brought his promises to completion. So it's as if the box walked into the water on the priest's shoulders and the waters stopped like a big red traffic light. It stopped there in the ark as the ark was there and God held the waters back. Much more was than the promise of, of hey, I'm going to Israel, I'm going to get you into the promised land. I'm going to bring you through to the promised land. Much more than that, it, those promises go all the way back to Abraham. When, when Abraham was promised that I'm going to bring you into this land, the promised land that the people are crossing into now. And Abraham said, or God said, Abraham, I'm going to bring you there. Your people are going to be there. They're going to have peace. They're going to have good things. And so as this box is standing there. It's a reminder of the promises. It's a reminder, a foundation of, of the, the good things that God has in store for his people. That he is promised and he has said, I'm going to never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. And so when they're picking up these stones which are said to come from the place at the feet of, Where the ark was they're not just picking up random stones they're picking up stones that are there at the foundation that are reminders of the covenant of god's promise that he will do what he said he will do and so as we remember back as we think back in our own lives today we don't just remember again at random but we remember in terms of god's promises we look to his word what has god promised i can bank on that i can trust in that and that's the foundation, the basis of our remembering. And good and bad and highlights or difficulties, whatever it's been for you that is coming to mind of memories, things that are uh, have been in your life. Are you remembering those in terms of God's promises? When things are bad and, and, and tough, do you remind yourselves that God said, I'm going to bring you through, I will never leave you. Or do we drift from that and not think in terms of that? In our highlights, in our good times, do we just take those and enjoy them and say, hey, that's really good? Or do we believe the promises that even the best things of this life, God has much better for us in eternity? Do we think in terms of his promises? Second, we need to remember this morning from this story, and I think this is really key. We need to remember the hero. Remembering's hero, the exalted leader of God's people. The hero of the story is Joshua. Again, I said that I think that this story is a little bit out of order. It's not necessarily a a chronological story, but in the middle of this text, we get Joshua and his actions. And this is really important for us because this is a, a, a pivotal moment in Joshua's career. It says in verse 9, if we look there, verse 9, we read there of Joshua. It says, And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. And then later on in verse 14, it says, On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of Israel. And they stood in awe of him, just as they stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. So we have Joshua, and, and there's, some, there's some difficulty or discussion amongst scholars, amongst the, the people who, who write fancy books on this stuff, about whether there was one pile of stones or whether there was two. Because what we read in this is maybe that Joshua also set up a pile of rocks at the feet of a priest, where the ark was being held in the middle of the river, and he also sets up rocks. Now, if you read this in chronological order, you think, well, they already took some rocks over there. But if this is the center, what I think is going on here, what I would, as, as I kind of studied and thought about this, what is actually happening here is, is the ark goes into the water, right? And, and the waters stop. Joshua comes in with the, with the, uh, into the water or where there is no water and he starts picking up rocks and he himself starts making a pile of stones there at the feet. What's important here is, is that he's putting himself in a place of danger truly because the people, I don't think they were going through this and saying, you know, with their hands in their pockets, just walking through and saying, Hey, look, the water stopped. I don't think it was like that. I think that there was, as water is stopped, rushing water is held back. Something that you and I have never even seen. They're not walking through their grace; they're walking through there in haste. It says they're hurrying up. They're fearful. They're worried. They're they're like this could it could give way at any time. They want to get through there. The people do, but yet Joshua, it says, he goes there. Where the ark is, where the priests are holding that, and he does what? He starts picking up stones and piling them up, 12 of them, at the feet of the priests. He puts himself in the place where, where the people don't want to be. He puts himself in, in, a, in a place where he sacrifices and, and puts himself in a place where he's in danger and harm's way. And not only is he putting stones in the place for then the people to, re- again, then take over to the shore and put up a stone of remembering. What I imagine is going on here is the priests themselves holding this ark They don't want to be there. And yet, Joshua, I I imagine, and maybe I'm reading into this a little bit too much, but I think Joshua is standing there at their feet, and he's sitting there as their leader saying, Guys, stay here. It's important that this box stays in this place. Joshua is the one that's speaking to them and saying, Stay steady. Don't move. Stay here. God is with us. God won't leave us. God is with us in this time. Joshua is the one who leads them and sacrifices and puts himself in the place where things need to stay. And he sets up rocks at the feet of the covenant people pass over in haste. They get to dry land and then it's on that at that time that the the ark and Joshua they start to walk out and the waters it says they come back and they they close them in they're in the promised land for sure there's no turning back and it says that it was in that that God exalted the leader. God magnified the King James says magnified Joshua As the leader, the one who did something great for the people so that they could walk through in their time of need, in their time of holding back the waters. We obviously don't honor Joshua. We don't remember Joshua. But what I would like us to think is that Joshua, he was just a man. Joshua was just a guy. And he had his faulties. He he had his shortcomings Right later on in his life. He he didn't leave a leader in his place. He was just a man. But this hero, Joshua, who holds up the water, who stands in a place where no other person wants to stand, who steadies the ark, who who brings people through to to the other side on dry ground, he points us to the greater Joshua. The name Joshua, even we know it in Hebrew, would be Yeshua, which is where we get the name Jesus from. And Jesus is the one who ultimately we we see come out of this, where Joshua is the hero uh, of this moment, this, this timely event to remember where the waters are parted. Joshua, or Jesus, is the one who stood in the place. He went to the cross. He came here to stay and steady and be with God's promise as we ourselves are able through him to pass over into the promised land. To be God's people in the place where he wants us. And so this morning, as we think, and, and these again, these stones of remembering that Joshua had in place, as they point back to what Joshua did, as we're remembering, I want us to remember the true hero of our stories. The true true hero of our lives. As we remember the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, are we remembering now not just in terms of God's promises, but who makes it possible that we can enjoy good things? The hero of the story, Christ, who we know came to redeem and bring us back to God. As you think back in 2017, or you think back even further into life, and memories of, of really high things come up, really positives, good things, that you're like, I'm glad I enjoyed that, that was a blessing in my life. Do we trust and believe that any good blessing that I have, it only comes to me and I only get to enjoy its true sense through the hero of the story, Christ. When hard things happen, when hard things did happen this year, do I look back on those and say, I got through. Not because I mustered up and pulled myself up by my bootstraps, but I got through because I have a Savior who has understood those things, who knows me, who has sent His Helper, the Spirit to be with me and continues to bring me through in life. Remembering its foundation is on the promised work of God. Remembering's hero needs to be on the exalted leader of God's people. And remembering's purpose is to testify about our great God. Look with me at verses 22 through 24. It says, Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. And the Lord your God did to the red as your, the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. The purpose of remembering. The purpose of remembering things of our lives, memories of our lives, in terms of what God has promised, and in, um, in terms of what the gospel is and who God, our hero is, Jesus, the one we look to as our Lord, as our Savior, as our King. The purpose of remembering those things is ultimately to tell others. To testify of how great our God is. It's not to remember and just keep them within us and just be be content and, and happy about them, but ultimately they're used to tell others, other generations, it says here, that Israel is supposed to tell. Their children, those around them. When we share tonight, or, or if you come, and, and, and we're going to play some games, and we're going to hang out and, and, and celebrate the end of the year, but I hope that if you're talking about your year, And you're sharing with the year, or maybe at lunch today, you talk about 2017. You talk with it in terms of, of looking towards Christ and then using that to encourage each other. Say, look at what God did in my life. Look at what Jesus brought me through. Isn't he great? Isn't he wonderful? Shouldn't we worship him? Let's praise our God. As you talk with those who might not be from here, might not be uh, part of a church, your neighbors, and you reflect back in 2017, may you comment on it, not in terms of like, yeah, this was an event for my life, but God brought me through this. Isn't he great? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he worth worth worshiping? So that they will look back, your neighbors, your friends, those who don't know Jesus will look and say, Yes. I want to know that God that brings people through. That we don't just cruise through life, but but we have a God that brings us through and that people want that also. The idea here is that we worship our God through our remembering something that I believe is commanded it's something that we need to do we should take seriously as we look back on the ways in which God has done not just accepting the gospel by praying some prayer when we are a child in a Sunday school class but daily and yearly looking through our lives and saying where is the gospel where is the promise of God where is the hero of God in all this that I'm going through can I trust it can I believe it can I remember it and can I proclaim it to those who are around me? So that all the peoples of earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. And that we may know, that we may fear the Lord, our God, and Jesus Christ and his redeeming work forever. That's what is told of us in Joshua hope that that's what we do as we wrap up 2017 and move into this next year let's pray gracious god you walked with your people through the wilderness you transitioned them into your promised land through a mighty work you did that through holding up your your covenant, your ark in the middle of the river. You did it by a leader named Joshua. You empowered him to stand firm in the midst as the people passed over in haste to the promised land. Lord, as we We study this passion and think on it, Lord, help us see how this translates to your gospel towards what you've done for us in a greater way. Crossing us over from death to life in the spiritual realm, help us remind ourselves of that. And as we think about life, the events of today, yesterday, tomorrow, when we think in terms of the good news of you. Spirit, I ask that for each of us that as we think about these events of 2017, as we look forward to the future towards 2018, may events come to mind and may we, by your power Spirit, translate them in terms of what you've done. May we remember that honors you and glorifies you. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for your word that you have held for us to hear today. In your name.